Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
Let us go to God in prayer. If you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the fact that when we need to turn to you, whether it be because of anxiety or any problems in our lives, you're there in your house. And you're here with us in your house this morning. And Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we ask that you bless this message we're about to receive today as well as our fellowship and the music that we're about to play. Lord, we ask all of these things in the awesome name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.
may be seated. Let's, let's pray. Although the words of that song, Lord, echo the truth, we need you now. We need you now because uh, without you, we would be lost. Uh, we need you now because without you, uh, we would be lost forever. Father, we confess that our sin keeps us from you. And we want to say thank you this morning and with our life as we, as we consider the greatest gift of all, the sending of your son and all that he did while he came 2,000 years ago. The payment for sin in the shedding of his blood. And we thank you that on that third day he rose again to bring victory for all those who believe in you. So we pray, Lord, that your spirit would give us the faith to hold on to and to believe and to remain steadfast in the faith. And that our lives would be a reflection of your grace, your mercy. That our lives would be changed right here, right now, and for eternity. So thank you. Thank you for all that you have done in the past and what you're doing right now and what you will do in the future because you are a faithful God. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, that is the truth, right? God sent his son for people like you and me. And if he didn't do that, we would be lost forever. Because your sin, my sin, separates us from him. But he would have none of that. And so he sent his son, Jesus died for you, for me. So may we live in that grace and mercy and then just share that grace and mercy with everyone as we live lives for him. I uh, want to welcome everyone here. We're glad that you're with us in worship. Especially, we want to say uh, welcome to our guests. And we'd love uh, to get to know you. And one of the ways we're doing it in the COVID-19 world is uh, having you text 1C guest to 94,000. And when you do that, it just starts the communication going back and forth, and we can answer your questions and help you get to know the ministry and mission of 1C Church. Also, if you're here today and you have a prayer request, maybe there's something that you are so thankful about or maybe a concern you have. If you would, you could text those prayer requests to 402-242-5051, and that'll be included in worship today. And if you're on Facebook Live today, feel free to write your prayer requests um, on the comment line or text it to the number that I just mentioned. And then thirdly, just a reminder always, God has blessed you, God has blessed me. He wants us to use those blessings really for his glory and to further his kingdom. So think about those gifts and blessings and just ask, Lord, how can I use those for your glory and to further your kingdom? And then, uh, last but not least, on the way in, hopefully, uh, if you're going to have communion with us, the Lord's Supper, that you picked up elements in the family gathering area at one of the kitchen windows. Now, let me just tell you what this is. We believe here at 1C that Jesus, 2,000 years ago, gave a gift to the church, not just then, but even today. And that while this is uh, bread and, and wine or juice, we at 1C believe it's also the body and blood of Jesus for forgiveness of sins. 
So if this is something you believe, we would love for you to be a part of this celebration. So during the next song, make your way into the family gathering area and receive those elements, bring them back in, and then a little later we will have uh, the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Again, with all of these things, communion, God's word, music, prayer, may it all be to the glory of God. Amen.
boys and girls, I have a game for us to play this morning, all right? But I need you to do one thing. I need you to yell really loud when you have a guess, all right? So I'm going to show a video here in just a minute, and you'll have 15 seconds to guess what that's a picture of before the picture zooms out and we can see what it's really a picture of, all right? We'll have six chances to guess what these pictures are, or six different pictures to guess, all right? Let's go ahead and play the game. Don't forget to yell really loud when you have a guess. What is that? Any guesses? What? Sand? Yeah? What other guesses? That's a pretty good guess. Worm? Oh, it's a cow. That's not what that looked like, is it? That's a cow. All right, let's see what the next one is. What is that? Sheep? You think that's sheep? What else? What other guesses do you kids have? Candy? Cotton candy? Candy? Sheep? Any other guesses? It's oh, a dog with a donut on his head. Nobody guessed that. I'm surprised. All right. Let's see what the next one is. What is that? Hair? It does look like hair, doesn't it? What else? Anybody have any guesses of what that might be? Horse? Fur? Horse? I hear horse, fur, hair. Oh, it's an owl. <laughs> All right. Got another one? What is that? Look like a snake, a rope, snake, a ball of yarn, yeah, let's see, oh, yeah, a dog with a wig wearing a shirt, who would have guessed, all right, this one, what do you think this one might be, fur, yeah, fur of what kind of animal, dog, dog, cat, Fur. Albert Einstein, that's a pretty good guess. Does kind of look like Albert Einstein. <laughs> I think it's a llama. Maybe it's an alpaca. I really don't know. How about this one? Teeth, horse teeth. Any other guesses? A horse, donkey, donkey teeth, or a goat. All right, it was a horse. Good job. Well, you guys did a good job guessing those. Really good. That was fun, wasn't it? A fun game to play. You know what? There's a story in the book of Acts um, where Saul could not see. And not because he was playing a game like this, but he literally couldn't see. Saul was blind. And let's see what happens in verse 17. Verse 17 says, Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were, the, the Lord, I'm oh, sorry, let me start over. Brother Saul, the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we see Jesus sending Ananias to help Saul. Isn't that cool? Because Jesus really could have just spoken a word and given Saul his sight back. But Jesus wanted to use Saul, and Jesus wants to use people like us to help other people see. That's pretty cool. You know what? Sometimes in life we can see something and not even really understand what we're looking at. Kind of like the game we just played, right? We can see something and not really know what we're looking at. 
Well, God sends us to help other people see Jesus more clearly. So God sends us to help people see. And we can show people Jesus, and hopefully they'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and come to faith in who Jesus is. So as followers of Jesus, we are sent to help other people see Jesus more clearly. Pretty cool, huh? So think about who God might be sending you to. And you can talk as a family, talk with your friends, parents, who God might be sending you to, and how can you show them Jesus. All right? Well, let's close in prayer. We'll fold our hands and bow our heads, and we'll invite everybody to pray with us as you repeat after me. Dear Jesus, please help us to see who you are sending us to so we can show people you more clearly. Amen. Amen. I got to watch this two times, and I still got them wrong the second time. Hmm. Forty years ago, I want to bring you back in time, but you got to promise you will not make fun of me after I tell you the story. I'm taking my girlfriend to some kind of fair, and she has this desire to go on the roller coaster. So we walk up towards the roller coaster entrance, and she proceeds to go in, and I take a left. She looks at me like, don't you want to go on the roller coaster? And the look on my face said, no way. And she said, I would have never guessed a big burly guy like you would be afraid of a roller coaster. And so she you know, ends up telling all my kids that I'm afraid of roller coasters. It's kind of a big story. Um, I'm just not, af- I'm not afraid of roller coasters. I prefer to go on the, uh, the ride that's called a park bench, and it's on an incline, and it's really fun, and I get to hold the purses and hold the fort down. How many of you have a fear, or two, or three? I mean, there are certain things... Maybe I wouldn't use the word fear, uh, but I just don't like them a lot. Snakes. How many of you like snakes? How many of you don't like snakes? Okay, Jake, you're you're a brother right here. I'll never forget one time in Tucson, Arizona, rattlesnakes, right? I go out to my motorcycle. I walk up to it, and I get on my motorcycle, and I look down, and all of a sudden, there's a snake. I jump off the motorcycle as quickly as I can, and I'm just like looking at it, getting a stick, poking it, it's not moving. It ends up being the most realistic looking rubber snake ever (laughs) that somebody wanted to mess with me about. Bats, I do not like bats. I do not like mice. There's lots of things that I'm like, I just don't like them. None of those, I mean, we can probably live life and just be fine, but I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to be very vulnerable about a, another, maybe not a fear, but something that really does get to me. I am a people pleaser. Anybody else, a, a self-diagnosed people-pleasing kind of person? It, it, is, it gets me in trouble. It, I think it hinders my uh, ministry. It causes me not to listen or to be sent, as we're looking at the theme for today, there are times that I'm more concerned about what somebody is thinking or feeling about me than me giving the message. And I'll tell you, when everything's said and done, 
I really believe that the enemy is behind it. He's kind of coming and he knows that Achilles heel and he comes and gets me to get a little bit paranoid about it. Well, God has an answer for it. And it's a, a beautiful scripture from 1 Peter. And we're told this. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God's answer. So on the one side, we have the enemy who wants to prevent people like you and me from being sent, okay, for proclaiming um, this marvelous uh, grace of God. God wants us to be sent. God wants us to take the message of God's love and grace and mercy and bring it. But the enemy is going to do everything in his power to prevent it. And he's really good at it. Well, today we continue our journey in the book of Acts. And really, we're going to be taking a look at four main characters. And Greg in his message talked about two of them. Actually, he talked about three. Uh, we're going to walk through each one, and then I'm hoping that you and I will understand more fully what is it that God wants to do in our life. All right, the very first one is Saul. We talked about him last week. Uh, he was born in Tarsus. And, you know, if, if we had a map up there, we'd have Jerusalem down here. We'd have Tarsus you know, north of there, right on the coast. Uh, pretty prosperous town, lots of university education. It's a great place to be from, all right? He was a Roman citizen. His dad was a Roman citizen. And it's a rarity to be both Jewish and a Roman citizen together. And especially later, we're going to find in the book of Acts where that really helps Paul in, in his ministry. Thirdly, a Pharisee. At the age of about 13, it was evident that he had certain gifts and abilities. And his parents sent him off to Jerusalem to be trained to be a, a pastor of the day. And he was not trained just by any rabbi, but he was trained by Gamaliel. And he was the rabbi of rabbis. If you want a really good pedigree of your training, if you have Gamaliel in your corner, it's really, really good. So here we have Saul. But we could see, evidenced, that he lived in the shadow of hatred and self-righteousness. Now, where do we find that? We don't have a lot about him uh, prior to his conversion, but we can go back just a little bit, and we see him standing there when Stephen was being stoned. And when they laid all those um, coats and cloaks at his feet, it was really their way of saying, you are the, uh, you're the leader of this, this group. You're the one that we're trying to impress by stoning Stephen. This individual named Saul was so passionate about um, stopping, quenching, killing this whole movement of Christianity that when he cleaned up one area, he went and asked for letters to go up to Damascus because he knew of more of these Christians or Christ followers, they were there. So he gets the letter and he's ready to make a move. And then we have this picture. I, you know, I was trying to look for an image of it. You, you kind of can tell this is Saul. He's the leader of the group. Here's uh, some of the other regiment. They're on their way to, to Damascus. And then we're told in Scripture that there was a heavenly light, which is not the sun, not the sun as we see. 
some other force that really knocked Saul to the ground, got his attention. I mean, he ended up not being able to see. Um, the henchmen brought him into Damascus and put him at a house, and Saul was just, I mean, his world was turned upside down. So that is the first character. The second character is that of Ananias. Uh, a couple, probably a month ago, we heard of another Ananias. This is a different one. That other Ananias uh, was not faithful to God, and he ended up being killed. This is a different Ananias. There's not a lot we know about him. Two things. He lived in Damascus, and he was also a disciple of Christ. He was a follower. He was one that was, you know, learning from this good news of Jesus. And he was very, very faithful. But we also know that he lived in the shadow of fear. How do we know that? Well, when the vision came to him, and we'll talk about the vision in a moment, his first response to God saying, hey, I want you to go and meet this Saul guy, he knew the reputation of Saul. And the first thing he said was, I mean, this Saul guy's got a reputation. I, I, I can't go there. He's going to kill. But God still called him. And the calling and the vision was so specific that Ananias couldn't get it wrong. I mean, it was so clear. I mean, here, a specific street. It's called Straight Street. In fact, it's still there today, that road. A specific house, go to the house of Judas. It's not the Judas of uh, the disciple Judas. It's a different one. It was a common name back then. Go to a specific man, uh, the one called Saul of Tarsus. A specific thing the man was doing, he is praying, and a specific vision the man had. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. So as the Lord was speaking to him, he was definitely leading him in a direction. Now, the third character is the risen Christ. He encounters Paul, and he also encounters Ananias. Now, who is this risen Christ? He is the one that you can go back in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 15. It's the promise that God gave after sin came into the world. He's going to do something about it, and it was going to be the sending of a son. It's the same risen Christ who was born in Bethlehem. It's the same risen Christ who had this public ministry for about three and a half years. It was the same risen Christ who went into Jerusalem, ended up on that Thursday being betrayed, arrested, put on trial, beaten, put on a cross, and placed into a tomb. It's that same risen Christ who on the third day rose again from the dead. It's that same risen Christ after 40 days ascended up into heaven to be with his Father. And it's the same risen Christ that appeared in this heavenly light to Saul, and we're not quite sure how he appeared to Ananias. Was it a thought? Was it a movement? We, we really don't know. But Ananias knew what God was calling him to do. So there we have the three characters so far. We have Saul. We have Ananias. We have the risen Christ. The fourth character, you and me. We need to, you know, at moments, I, I find it to be very beneficial and meaningful to kind of step into the story. 
and say, what does this story, what does this idea of being sent have to do with somebody like me? And I'd like to share with you, you know, Robert is a friend of mine in Tucson, and he puts together the PowerPoints. So I'll just send him, like, these words, you and me, and then he looks for pictures. The three pictures he picked were powerful. I mean, for me, each one of them, oops, if we can go back. There we go. Each one of these three has something in common. You see the picture of humanity in trouble, but you also have the picture of this risen Christ, this powerful Lord, this one who is part of creation, reaching out to humanity. The first picture here we have, most likely, this is depicting the woman caught in adultery, dragged out to the edge of the town, and was going to be stoned. And we have the story where the Pharisees came up to Jesus and said, the law of Moses said, we can stone her. And then Jesus said, in a masterful way, okay, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. And all the stones were dropped. And the only two people that were left was Jesus and this broken woman. And Jesus said, where are they that condemn you? He says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. I mean, what a beautiful moment of the God of the universe reaching down to somebody who is in desperate need. Or we have this story here. Actually, let me go over here. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is the picture of Peter and Jesus. Bold, brazen Peter jumping out of the boat, running to Jesus, walking on water, and then all of a sudden seeing the storm, and fear started taking hold. And he starts sinking. And Jesus reaches and grabs Peter and pulls him up and saves him. And then this one. For me, it's a stirring reminder. You know, there was Jesus in the middle. There were two thieves on each side. One of the thieves, unrepentant, selfish, self-centered, was all about him. He said, if you are the son of God, take yourself off the cross and, and us too. But the other thief, who understood who was next to him, he said, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus spoke the words that that dying man needed to hear. Today you'll be with me in paradise. All three accounts are a reminder of you and me. I, I believe that just as passionate as God is to bring us all into his family, passionate that the good news of Jesus gets out into this world so that everyone can know him, I also believe that the enemy is working so hard to, to let those fears, those broken places, prevent us from being sent. That's why when we think of these questions, it's really hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to admit these things. Example, where has sin of hatred and self-righteousness blinded us? We live in a world today, I don't know about you, you don't have to go far, it's called Facebook, and you could see hatred and self-righteousness. 
You turn on the news. You see what's going on in the world. Hatred and self-righteousness is all around us. But if we're honest and we look in the mirror, we, we need to admit that we are tempted with hatred and self-righteousness all the time. Or how about this? Where has fear blinded us from what God wants us to see? Like I admitted in the beginning, I struggle with that people-pleasing kind of thing. And I think it's, it blinds me from seeing what God wants me to see. That's why God's answer, as I said in the beginning, is God's action for humanity. You know, here are some phrases that are actually placed on you and me when we're brought into the, the family of God. You're a choice, chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's own people. These are really big phrases. This is what God thinks of you and me when we are in Christ. But he does it for a purpose. And it says this, in order that you, that's you and that's me, may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, he's done all of this so that we would be sent. It's one thing for us to know the light of the world, right? It's, it's a really beautiful, wonderful thing to know the light of the world. But it's another thing when we realize that that light that, that has been given to me is to be shining through us. And who is it to shine to? Wherever God places us. Wherever God calls us. Now up here sometimes you see different people playing different instruments or singing. Yes. In fact, um, Eric came up to me and says, look at the shirt. And the band is called The Scent. I mean, yes. Whatever gift and ability and talent or light that God has given you, we're supposed to take that and shine that out. And I'm looking at a whole bunch of people out there that are sent as well with whatever gifts God has given you. I'd like to invite Randy and Jaina to come over here while I walk over here. Uh, these are two people who have experienced the scent process. Um, some of you have heard their story. Um, did you ever hear of Columbus, Nebraska, say prior to, I'm trying to think when that would have been, say April or March or whenever? No. No, neither one of you. So they never heard of Columbus, Nebraska or 1C Church? No. Nope. When I had received the call and when I had been wrestling with it, they were praying with me and they were both feeling the tug from God's spirit. And they were asking the question, what is this about? And the end result was they were to be sent. Sent from Tucson, Arizona, where their family is, a lot of their family is, is there still to come to Columbus, Nebraska. And from day one, they have kind of jumped into ministry doing different things. Um, but in particular, I want to talk about this guy. Uh, I've known him for nine years. We have prayed and cried and laughed together. Um, and I know that God was kind of doing something in his heart about being a pastor. Whether, 
whether it's the Holy Spirit's timing or sometimes, you know, we don't want to listen, um, he is now listening and hearing that God says, you know what, time to serve as a pastor. And this past week, we were privileged to go through orientation, and Randy is, is, is going to enter into the specific ministry pastor in the area of outreach. And what I wanted to do is to ask for your prayers and your support as they enter into this together. Um, because they're being sent in this way, you're being sent in your way, we're all being sent. The question is, in what way is God sending you? So, I want to uh, walk you through uh, what's called an installation. It means it's really just a churchy word of, hey, we're looking for prayer and encouragement and the power of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters in Christ, according to the usual custom of the church, Randy Longacre has been assigned to 1C, the sanctuary, as a vicar of outreach. Hear what God's word says about those who serve in the church. 1 Peter chapter 4. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And from 1 Timothy chapter 4. Practice these things. Devote yourself to them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Randy Longacre, are you prepared to serve as vicar in this congregation under the supervision of the pastor, undertaking the assignments as one who seeks training for the office of the holy ministry? If so, then answer, I am with the help of God. I am with the help of God. Randy Longacre, I install you as vicar of outreach at 1C, the sanctuary, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We pray. Oh, good and gracious God, we, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who gives us faith and gives us gifts and abilities and talents. And Lord, we know that you have called all of us to be part of your family. You've also called us to be sent. Whether it's into our homes, our workplaces, into our schools, our neighborhoods. Or as a, a, a vicar, a, a, a minister of the gospel at 1C Church. We pray that your spirit would move in a mighty way. In Randy's life, in Jana's life, in all of our life that we would be faithful to the calling you've given us and that we would declare the praises of you who have called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we thank you again. Thank you for being at work within your church and within your people. And may we listen and see intently your calling on all of our life. And Lord, may this be to your glory and to further your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.
All right, let's give thanks to God for his calling on all of us. And Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Prayers for Cassie for continued healing and for her brother Jason also for continued healing. Prayers for the surgeons and staff that are going to be operating on a friend, Carl, from Minnesota, who's having surgery today. Prayers that surgery is successful and he has a quick recovery. Prayers for the people in California affected by the fires. Prayers for those in the Gulf Coastal states affected by the hurricanes. Prayers of thanksgiving for a safe travel for my son to arrive home. Prayers for my brother and his team of doctors in the surgery. Prayers for myself and healing. Prayers of thanksgiving and blessings to Mark this week on his birthday. God grant healing to all those with mental and physical pain and illness. Prayers for the local football teams. We are so grateful that they get to play. And Lord, wrap your arms around them. Keep them safe from injury and sickness. A prayer of thanks, Lord, for all you've done for me and my family. Please place a hedge of protection around my friends and family. And please watch over and guide my children down the path you have chosen for them. And please help my children find the special person you have planned for them. A prayer, Lord Jesus, I'd like to pray to help, to help people find their way to Jesus and to help continue to help guide me to show others the way to Jesus. Prayers for continued healing for my grandpa who remains at UNMC for cancer treatment. Prayers and peace and comfort for Terry Fosco and family in his passing. Please pray that my surgery goes well tomorrow as I am very nervous. Father, we just thank you for all these prayers lifted up today and this morning to you that you hear us. Prayers for Randy as he accepts the call that you've put on his life, Father. Prayers, Lord, that each one of us hears the call you have put on our lives because you have, uh, have a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And may we hear it and see what you have for us and follow you. We just thank you, Lord, for all these things in Jesus' name. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer that he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to invite you to please take the elements out at this time. And what I'll be doing first is I'm going to be sharing with you the words of institution. These are the words of Jesus we find in the Bible. As he was in that upper room with the disciples 2,000 years ago, he was celebrating the Passover meal, but he was giving it a whole new meaning and significance for people like you and me who are sent to, to share the gospel. And then after I share that, I will invite you then to take each element separately. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So if you would, if you'd open up the bread side and then take and eat, this is the body of Christ given for you. Then if you would, open up the wine or the juice and then take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you. We pray. Father, your word tells us to taste and see that you are good. And we thank you that in this meal we receive, yes, bread and wine, but also the body and blood of your son. Given and shed because you love us. And because you know that with this gift, Sins are forgiven, our faith is strengthened, and we're reminded once again that you are always with us. So we pray, Lord, that as uh, we've received this gift, we would live this out in our life, empowered by you, loved by you, valued by you. And Lord, thank you. Thank you that this meal was given out of love and received by faith. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Sing with me. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak what is true. Cause I am
All right, the Planning Center. Many of you have that app on your phone, and uh, I, we thank you for that. Make sure you keep using that. Some of you may be going like, I, I'm not sure what this is all about. I don't really know how to do it. Or, would you please uh, stop at the next steps if you'd like a little bit of help? If not, just download it, start experimenting. It really is a gateway for lots of communication. Uh, you can register for events. You can find out what's going on. You can check in when you come to church, many different ways in which you can use this app that is good for you and helpful for us in our ministry with you. So please consider doing that, and uh, we would be very thankful if you did. Yes, and one of the things you can register for is Exploration, which is coming up and begins September uh, 16th, and so that's our Wednesday evening Bible studies for all ages. Um, We've never asked you to register before, but we're asking you to register this year. One, so that we can have good emergency contact for kids, which is really helpful if we ever need to get a hold of parents or, or loved ones. Um, also, 
there's an option for you to choose whether you would like to participate in person or online. And if you choose online, I can get you those links for those studies of what you'd like to do. So we're offering a lot of our classes both um, online and in person. So depending on what you feel comfortable with, you can join us in Bible study throughout the next school year. And that's, again, um, September 16th is when exploration begins. Right. For all different ages. Uh, this year, I'm going to be teaching along with Randy uh, confirmation, but we're opening it up for people of all ages. So if you have maybe taken confirmation years ago and you're thinking, hmm, I think that was when it was written on stone and um, maybe not that old, but you can come and take this with us. Uh, the first semester, we're going to do the Ten Commandments and looking at those words that were spoken a long time ago that have meaning significance for today. So we have that for adults, plus I think two other adult classes, lots of opportunities. So please, if you would, uh, think about come and exploring your faith in this God of the universe. I'm going to share with you the blessing, and I'm, I want to ask you to stand, if you would. And before I share, I want you to picture this. These words of blessing are a gift from God to you before you're sent out. So you're going to go out through these doors. You're going to go wherever you're going to go. Maybe you're going to eat. Maybe you're going to go take a nap. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, who knows what you're going to do? But he sends you with a blessing so that you would be a blessing to other people. So I want you to hear these words. I want you to hang on to these words. And then I want you to share these blessings with others. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Yeah. 
Serve the Lord. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm.